0: Today's reading is Acts chapter 14. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue, where they spoke so well that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So, Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who affirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and others with the apostles. But when the Gentiles and Jews, together with their rulers, set out to mistreat and stone them, they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding region, where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. This man was listening to the words of Paul who looked intently at him and saw that he had faith to be healed in a loud voice paul called out stand up on your feet and the man jumped up and began to walk when the crowd saw what paul had done they lifted up their voices in the lyconian language the gods have come down to us in human form barnabas they called zeus and paul they called hermes because he was the chief speaker the priest of zeus whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates, hoping to offer a sacrifice along with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul found out about this, they tore their clothes and rushed into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In past generations, he let all nations go their own way. Yet, he has not left himself without testimony to his goodness. He gives you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could hardly stop the crowds from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won over the crowds. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, presuming he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. And the next day he left with Barnabas for Derbe. They preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in the faith. We must endure many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church "'praying and fasting as they entrusted them to the Lord "'in whom they had believed. "'After passing through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, "'and when they had spoken the word in Perga, "'they went down to Attalia. "'From Attalia they sailed to Antioch, "'where they had been commended to the grace of God "'for the work they had just completed. "'When they arrived, they gathered the church together "'and reported all that God had done through them "'and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles.' And they spent a long time there with the disciples. This is God's Word. Paul and Barnabas are still on that first missionary journey, which concluded here at the end of Acts 14, specifically in verses 26 through 28. God's miraculous power was at work through these chosen men, according to verses 8 through 10. So it was inevitable that someone would ascribe deity to them, and that happened in verses 11 through 13. Unlike Herod back in Acts chapter 12, Barnabas and Paul did not accept the worship that was offered to them. Instead, they turned the attention back to the one true God, and we saw that in verses 14 through 15. And they used this misunderstanding as another avenue to deliver the true gospel. In just a few short verses, verses 15 through 18 to be exact, Paul began to describe the religious history of humanity. First, God created everyone and everything. Verse 15b says, The living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. Second, humanity rebelled against God by sinning. As families developed into nations, God chose Abraham and the nation that would come from him and let all the other nations go their own way, according to verse 16. The third point would have been, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, which is something Paul said in Acts 17 verse 10. But Jewish opponents interrupted Paul's message here in Acts 14, according to verses 19-20. through Going back to that second point, where God let all nations go their own way, as verse 16 put it, one might think that it would be unjust for God to punish pagan nations that did not receive his law and his promises like Israel did. Paul and Barnabas anticipated that objection in verse 17 and said, Yet he has not left himself without testimony. God did not speak directly, and theologians call this special revelation, to other nations as he did with Israel. But he did communicate with these nations through what is called general revelation. Barnabas and Paul specified what this general revelation, that is, the testimony they referenced, was, in the next few phrases of verse 17. And that was where they said, "...by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy." We tend to focus on the hardships of living in a fallen world, and there are severe hardships. Some of those hardships are just death and the sorrow it causes, physical pain due to illness and injury, sin and the consequences and pain it causes, natural disasters, and many other blessings. These are all gifts of God. He could have punished Adam and Eve with immediate death that would have disallowed the human race from ever growing beyond Adam and Eve. And that would have prevented us from ever knowing the joys of God's creation and from wondering about the creator who is the source of all of these joys. And this is true for unbelievers too. And because of that, Unbelievers know enough about God to damn their souls for eternity because they've all experienced His goodness in these ways as well. But this knowledge gives us a starting point for evangelism, just as it did for Paul and Barnabas in this chapter. We can talk with unbelievers about the joys and blessings of life and then point them to the Creator God who made these blessings and joys and gives them freely to all people and then show them what God has done to redeem them from their sins. And so I hope you'll have an opportunity to do that, and that you'll keep this in mind as you talk with unbelievers today. May God bless you. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.